a reading from the book of Revelation. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels battled against the dragon. The dragon and its angels fought back, but they did not prevail, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was thrown down to earth, and its angels were thrown down with it. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out, who accuses them before our God day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. The word of the Lord. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What an interesting statement that is. Almost as if Jesus is a staircase or a ladder. Ascending and descending on him. And in speaking that way, the Lord underscores something which is the very basis of the feast that we celebrate today. That the angelic powers serve Christ. They are subordinate to him, and they carry out his will. Not their own, but his. And it's important that we recognize that. Um, the world is filled with all kinds of odd understandings about angels. As if angels are these arbitrary beings that exist to simply give us bland blessings and moments of light consolation. You know, we see the silliness of signs that say butterflies are messengers from heaven. No, they're not. They're butterflies. Angels are messengers from heaven. And heaven never says trivial things. It's important that we recognize that. And so on this feast day of the great archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, we recognize not simply the dignity and the importance of the angels and their role in doing the will of the Lord, but we recognize these three in particular as having a role that is decisive and important and powerful beyond that of, dare I say it, the ordinary heavenly ministers. We, these are the only three angels whose names we truly know. Again, you'll see sources online and elsewhere giving you the names of seven archangels or nine archangels, depending on the list. Authoritatively, we have three. And it's not to say that those things are bad, but we want to be careful with those. 
The three names that we know are Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And it does well for us to pay attention to this. Think of how odd that is. The only angelic names we know are the name of the fallen angel and these angels. And that scripture goes out of its way to identify them specifically is important. In fact, the names themselves are messengers. The word angel itself means messenger. The angels are the messengers of the Lord, those who bear the word of his will into the world. In a few days, we will celebrate the feast of the guardian angels, but that is not what we celebrate today. Today, we celebrate the three archangels, the three principal angels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And as I noted, their names all have a meaning all have a message hidden within them. In the angelic names, the way the name ends with the E-L, that is the ancient word for God in the Near East. And so each of these names is saying something about God. Michael, Mikael, Gabriel, Gabriel, Raphael, Raphael. That L is something about God. And so the names that the angels are given corresponds, on the one hand, to something about the Almighty, and on the other hand, to their role, to their mission in carrying out his will in this world. Mikael, Michael. The name is interesting. It means, who is like God? The name, in a sense, is a question. Who is like God? And this is the essence of what we see in the conflict between Michael and Satan that casts the demon out. Satan, in a sense, is the spirit that says, who's like me? Who's as beautiful as I am, as powerful as I am, as glorious as I am? Satan's proud spirit is the spirit that says, I must shine brighter than the others. I must rise at somebody else's expense. I will follow my way because I know best. And we don't have to look very far in the world around us to see that this spirit of Satan is alive and well. The world receives the wrong kind of angelic message very easily. Serve yourself. Suit yourself. Please yourself. Think for yourself. Decide for yourself. Be your own law. That is not the voice of heaven. That's the voice of the liar. The voice of the serpent. The voice of Satan. Michael. The captain of the heavenly host, the general of the armies of heaven, has a name that corresponds to his role. None is like God. And I will defend the honor of the Lord. Note the opposition. 
the recognition that none is like God. And when we recognize, even though we are made in the image and likeness of God, we are not God. That is the seat, that is the fruit of genuine humility, which allows us to respond to the Lord properly, to receive his gifts, and to move in his strength in the world. But when I fail to recognize that, when I try to be self-sufficient unto myself, a law unto myself, disorder, rebellion, and anarchy are the only outcome. And so it is that the proud serpent is opposed by the angel who says, there is none like God. In fact, there's a, uh, a very old church in the Philippines on the island of Cebu, the Church of St. Michael. And on the ceiling of the church is a magnificent series of fresco paintings that go back several hundred years. And in the middle is this scene of the conflict between Satan and Michael. And Satan holds a shield that says in Latin, quis ut ego, who is like me? And it's just a marvelous lesson. He goes into battle for himself. And his only cause is himself. And Michael opposes him holding the shield. There is none like God. And the expulsion of Satan from heaven is just the proof of that and the consequence of that. However proud, however puffed up, however aggressive we may be, in the end that pride is cast down. It's for this reason that Michael is the great defender of the people of God. Because to be the people of God requires us recognizing no one is like God. No one is as mighty as God, as wise as God, as good as God. And the great threat to the people of God has always been since Satan seduced Adam and Eve in the garden. Oh, I can be just as good as God. I can be God for myself. You know, and the human heart doesn't put it with that naked boldness, but it's the attitude that lives there. The attitude that I don't need the Lord, I don't need his will, I don't need his church. In the end, it says, I don't need you, Lord. I'm fine by myself. And Michael is the angel. The angel that stands against that attitude. Not just in our hearts, but most especially the oppressive, aggressive spirit of that attitude in the world. He's the one who stands against the greatest lie of Satan. Be yourself without consulting anybody else, because you can decide and define everything about your life, which ignores the fact that life has a source and a meaning and a purpose that comes from the hand of the Almighty. And if we would live it well and know it well, we have to recognize that. And then there's Raphael. His name, Raphael, means the healing of God. 
And so this is the angel that is associated with the fact that one of the consequences of sin and evil is the illness that settles over the world. Physical illness, mental illness, and the illness that ruins and poisons our relationships. Raphael is that one who walks with the young pilgrim Tobias to protect him on his journey, to bring him back home safely, but he guides him in a way that produces healing for his family. And Raphael as well casts out a demon. He's the one who casts out the demon that was destroying the ability of a young woman to get married, killing her husbands on the night of their wedding. And so note again, we see here this idea that illness isn't an accident. And the things that wound us did not come into the world because God desired us to know pain. Rather, they are the fruit. They are the product of wickedness. They are the fruit of a sin-fallen world that turned away from the Lord. If the great lie is, who is like me, the consequence of the lie is the sickness, the moral, spiritual, physical sickness that the world is left with because it's bought into that. But we see that the Lord will not abandon us to those things. And so Raphael, the angel, is the one who walks with us in our woundedness. He is the one who comes to guide us to a point where our lives and our families might experience healing. And take some time to read the book of Tobit. It's not very long. This is where Raphael appears in Scripture. And recognize that in the story, it is not merely a story of Tobias' blindness being cured, of Tobit's blindness being cured and Tobias being able to start a family. What is really healed in this story are two families. And they are healed through the agency of an angel that guides those family members to that point of being healed. And in a world where the family is so wounded, so easily broken, threatened on so many sides by so many things, and we try to navigate this complicated landscape in which we find ourselves, note who we celebrate today. The angel that guides the young traveler through the complicated and dangerous landscape of the world to an outcome which is healing for himself and his family. The healing of God. And a healing that involves defense against and overcoming the real evil that does surround us. And then finally, Gabriel, the great messenger, curiously, whose name is the strength of God. You'd think that would be Michael's name, wouldn't you? He's the guy with the sword and the weapons. But no, it's the messenger, the strength of God. And why? Because the power of God is asserted in and through his word. 
The word of God is powerful and mighty. The word of God sustains all things. The word of God has called all things into being. When the Lord makes his power known, he does it by means of his word. And so it is then that Gabriel is the one who brings the word of God's will to the world. He's the one who comes into history at decisive moments. Gabriel is not the one who comes and reminds you to pick up the groceries. This messenger is the one who delivers the meaning of history and the word of salvation. That the people might understand how the Lord will order all things to the good, Gabriel is sent. When salvation draws near, Gabriel is sent with the strength of the word that the one who will announce the coming of the Messiah is to be born. Note again, these are not small messages. Gabriel comes with a word with news that affects all of creation. This messenger is unlike any other. And then in the very fullness of time, it is this angel who goes to a town named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, whose name was Mary. And it is this angel who gives the world the prayer that we grow up saying, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Gabriel is the first one to speak the Hail Mary. And as often as you say the Hail Mary, you echo the message from heaven. Hail, full of grace. These are the words that announce the coming of the Savior. These are the words that announce the greatest event in the history of the universe. The word of God, the son of God, great and powerful, will take flesh in the womb of one of his creatures. And everything is different from that moment. The word receives the news from Gabriel. And the news is spoken to Our Lady. And note that word and how mighty it is. God himself is doing something. And the word of God himself is coming into the world to be the fulfillment and more of all of the ancient promises. And all things will be different. And this is why Jesus reminds us that you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Everything about Michael is at the service of Jesus Christ who emptied himself, taking the form of a slave to save us. Who is like the Lord? Everything about Raphael is at the service of Jesus Christ who bears in himself all of our woundedness 
that we may be healed. And everything that Gabriel says is an announcement of the great thing that God will do in Jesus, his son. There are no heavenly angels that do not serve Christ. There are no heavenly powers that are not at the service of Jesus Christ. And everything they do in this world is at the service of the will of Almighty God for the good and the salvation and the protection of those who dwell in this world. How beautiful and how glorious. The three archangels, by their names and their mission, highlight different aspects of who Christ is and how God brings salvation to the world through him. And so in celebrating them, we necessarily celebrate Jesus. And note how beautiful that is. When my heart recognizes that the one who hides himself beneath the appearance of a small piece of bread is greater than any angel, and any earthly power. And I can look at him in that great love that humbles himself so mightily and with Michael truly say, who is like the Lord? My heart is ready to receive him. And when I can come forward guided by that heavenly knowledge to stretch out my hands to him, as Raphael taught Tobias, I receive that fullness of healing and mercy that he has come to bring me. And then, strengthened by that sacrament, that sacrament of Christ alive, present within me, in a way that is related to that greater miracle of the incarnation in Our Lady. We are sent forth from this place to in our living and in our speaking and in our praying bear witness to the saving truth of all that God has done in that one whom we have received. What a marvelous feast day this is. What a great mystery. These three angels with these three beautiful names, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, who is like God, the strength of God, and the healing of God. And would that all of these three beautiful and mighty realities root themselves within us. Amen.